Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1560. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up, probably because I've got some coffee in me. You'll know about that in a minute. And I'm very excited to share with you today a guest calling in from Denver, Colorado, Alex Grappo. Alex Grappo is the founder of Drive Coffee. He and his team approach coffee like racing. The details matter, and they take a relentless approach to improvement. Their focus is from the ground up, including the soil, to the plant, to the bean, to the perfect roast, and right into your cup. He's a lifelong car enthusiast who's traveled to over 40 countries. He's lived in five countries, including Nicaragua, Portugal, Jordan, Oman, and here in the United States. His career includes over a decade of experience in working in the tech world, the automotive world, plus the food and beverage industries. At Drive Coffee, their devotion is to perfecting the fuel for your drive. We'll be right back. Grab your cup of joe, enjoy a talk with Alex, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah! possible. What's your vehicle's worst enemy? No, it's not that bird that sits on that branch just above your car waiting for his chance. It's the sun. But don't worry, Covercraft has you covered. Their sunscreens are a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to protect your dash from the sun's harmful UV rays, and they keep the interior of your vehicle way cool. Covercraft makes a wide variety of custom-fit sunscreens for almost any car that exists. They offer a wide variety of custom-fit sunscreens in a variety of colors as well for you to choose from. They're fast, easy to use, they fold up quick, and they store under or behind your seat and take about five seconds to install or remove. I have a Covercraft sunscreen in all of my vehicles, and you should too. And I've got a deal for you. Order online at Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 and get 10% off your order. That's code YEAH120, Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com. They've got you covered. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer, and the Racers Group team owner, you create... Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to tell you about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruit and very smooth tannins. The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners receive at Le Mans. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiasts in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH at checkout, you get a flat shipping rate of $10 on your wine order. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get this deal. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. 
Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, today. Cheers. Hey, Alex, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm just clicking in the last of the uh, five-point harness here, <laughs> but I think so. Cool. Well, I'll make sure that our uh, coffee mugs are strapped down so we don't spill any coffee on ourselves on the seats today. Before I jump into the questions, though, I want you to share with my listeners one little thing that most people don't know about Alex Grappo. I'd say that uh, a lot of my close friends know this, but people that may not know me that well probably don't know the fact that probably one of my other passions besides cars is uh, Great Danes, actually. I've rescued two Great Danes and just love Great Danes in general. So that's uh, one of my other lives. Well, I was joking with Alex when he first called in. We had a great pre-show chat about business and design and his coffee brand. And he sent me a picture of, of a, he with a beautiful Great Dane and then another picture in a Carrera GT. And my first question was, how do you fit that dog in that car? And what did you say to me? Great Danes are actually great travel dogs. They uh, they fold up pretty compact <laughs> when they're all curled up. Yeah. I was telling my wife had one of those when she was uh, living in South America. And she said it was the best lap dog they ever had. It was just the most loving animal on the planet. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, listen, as we continue on your journey here, Alex, I want to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tire smoking here on Cars Yeah. So Alex, grab the wheel. Yeah, thanks. And I think I thought a lot about this. Uh, a lot of times quotes can sort of be overused or get cheesy, but like one of the quotes that, that honestly really changed my life and how I live it came from a good friend who told me this and he was just kind of a regular guy working a decent day job. And he said, focus on attracting believers rather than converting skeptics. About three years after that, he pulled his startup for about 200 million. Ooh. So it clearly worked well for him. But uh, I think that that, uh, that quote is truly one to live by. It's very, very difficult in life to convert skeptics and try and get people to believe in whatever it is that you're doing. Rather, if you go about it by finding the people that immediately see it and, and believe in what you're doing and focus on attracting those people that will understand and believe in what you're trying to do uh, or the message you're trying to get across, whatever it is your life will be a lot easier and I think you'll go further faster. You know, absolutely. And it's a really cool segue into your brand because what you're doing there at Drive Coffee attracted me. I've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time because I come from a world of developing products and packaging and trying to find the right fit for the right consumer. And what you're doing at Drive Coffee is really, really cool. Obviously, I'm a car guy. We're on cars, yeah, so we're talking to the right audience. But you have some really interesting approaches here, and I want you to share more about where the whole idea came from, what you're doing there. And I'll let our listeners know, and you can go to drivecoffee.com. You'll see some incredibly cool racing-inspired packaging, even the naming of the products. They even have a cold brew, nitro cold brew, plus some very interesting race-inspired coffee tools. I love that term, grinders and brewers. So take it away. Where did the whole idea come from? And tell our listeners all about Drive Coffee. Sure. So the idea really came about, I think the the seed for it was planted probably about seven years ago now. And that's kind of the first time where I was dating someone and she took me to sort of a very fancy coffee shop. And uh, at the time, it wasn't really my thing. And I'd just been pretty much 
buying i thought i would i appreciated good coffee so i'd buy kind of whatever was like a little bit pricier at the grocery store mm-hmm. but then she took me to this cafe and it was kind of like almost out of a movie where people were very pretentious there were some interesting hairstyles and other choices <laughs> there but um yeah. you know i tried it and it was like wait this is what coffee's supposed to taste like oh yeah and for me that was really kind of a life-changing experience and i found that you know, as I wasn't in cities or neighborhoods where those kinds of places were available to grab a coffee, that it was actually really hard to find coffee. And I also found there's a bit of a disparity between like quality coffee and people that just sort of identified with my values or were people sort of like me. Mm-hmm. And we also kind of said, I think we can do some things better here. And so that idea, that seed was planted and it wasn't until probably now almost four years ago that I decided that you know, hey, maybe there's something here that we could do. And uh, my background had really been in on the financial side of the food and beverage industry, working in private equity with some fairly well-known brands such as Vitamin Water and Naked Juice and Mm -hmm. Muscle Milk, a bunch of other fairly well-known brands. So I'd had some understanding of the food and beverage industry. And um, I'd also spent a lot of time in, in tech and in the automotive space. I actually um, was involved in opening up the uh, first East Coast location for Tesla um, in New York City oh, wow. in 2010 after I met Elon in LA. So that's wow. kind of what inspired me to go work for Tesla. So it's like I've had all this experience, you know, sometimes in life, you don't know why you've been all over the place and you're trying to figure it out when you're young. And then all of a sudden, all those experiences just sort of come together in the perfect good storm. Uh, and you know, I really kind of said, look, like I've got the experience to be able to do this. And I think this would be really fun. I was working in financial technology at the time, providing software to big investment firms and sort of family offices and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, main, mainly analytics and fund management software. And then just said, you know what, like, I think not only is there something here, but this would be really, really fun to do. And I think in the early stages of something, we're always a little bit naive about oh, hey, this is going to be really fun. And things end up being a lot of really, really hard work. It's but really, a business it was a side to it. It's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it was really a confluence of having the experience and then just saying like, hey, look, I think we can improve upon a lot of these products and, and do things even better. And honestly, even provide a lot of innovation in the space. Um, because the reality is what we saw was that all the companies that were really doing high-end coffee really looked felt the exact same where you could swap their logos around and most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And so we said, yeah, there's something here and started on my way. It's a very cool story. You know, just four days ago I had, did you know Seneca Gizzi when you were at at, uh, Tesla? I did not. I know it's a huge company, but he was one of the first 200 employees hired by Elon. He was a guest just a few days ago. He's now branched out to his own brand, Current Automotive. They're they're the first reseller of electric cars. Uh, So kind of interesting that I just had a a past Tesla employee on and now another one here, but it's a small world. Well, I love the the niche you've carved out, obviously, because I'm a car guy. So that's going to attract me. And I agree with you, Alex. Back in 2011, I was in Europe uh, for business. I was there for actually Retromobile and ended up doing some other work there. And we were staying in a really nice five-star hotel in Paris. And the first morning got up and went down to this lavish breakfast before we went off to Retromobile. And, and I, you know, I've lived here for 26 years in the Northwest, so it's the, you know, 
Starbucks is the obvious big name that's here. So I've always thought, well, that's what coffee's supposed to taste like. And I remember taking a sip of coffee and I asked the waiter, I said, what is this? And, you know, in his French uh, accent, what do you mean, sir? And I said, what is this? <laughs> and, and he said, coffee? <laughs> and I'm like, I've never tasted coffee like this before. This is insane. I think I drank five cups and boy, that got me through the day. That's for sure. It was so different and so good. And that's when I started to realize, all right, there's a whole nother world here to what I thought was just coffee. And I'm a sucker for packaging. I just am. I just had uh, Kevin Buckler on the show from Adobe Road. You did a whole series called the Racer Series, which kills me. But what you guys are doing is so cool with the packaging and the naming. I mean, everything is automotive related. But the other part of your business that I find interesting is you haven't just put the same old coffee in some new cans. You guys are really digging into, and excuse the pun, everything from the soil to the plant, to the bean, to the perfect roast. So tell me a little bit about that aspect, because I think that's the most important part of a good cup of coffee. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's really a good sort of segue into the fact that, like, at the end of the day, we don't really consider ourselves a coffee company, which may sound like a strange thing to Okay, say, you're going to have to explain that one to me. <laughs> yeah, I think ultimately what we are about is that we are really, like, an energy company, and uh, an experienced company. So what we do is that our job is to not only provide the caffeination that people need in the morning, but also to provide something else along with that, that people can't really get anywhere else. Because the reality is there's a lot of great coffee out there these days. Um, There's no question about it. But really what we wanted to do was to provide an experience around that, that you know, we believe is unique to us and people can't get anywhere. And it's really about, for us, that experience has actually never really been about us. It's been more about the things that inspire us and people like us. So, you know, that started with a can, right? Because that was the experience. When you go to a can, suddenly you're reminded of these things that make you happy of working on your car or going to the track or going on a road trip or going on an adventure And then really, too, then when you step back from the can and you see, you know, the story that we tell on there, it's really about a story that maybe your dad told you or your mom, if you're lucky, or, you know, going to a race, you know, with your dad or uh, another family member or friend as a kid, or, you know, the stories we were told, whether it's, you know, about the mall back in the day or, you know, the great film movies, whether it's James Bond or... Uh, some of the other ones out there Mm -hmm. and really ultimately we we said that all has to be part of the experience as you start your day with thinking about these things and that kind of comes together with the physical effect of caffeine to get you in the right frame of mind for your day and so when it comes to the caffeination portion i had had a lot of contact just from my travels overseas as well as some of the food and beverage stuff that i'd done with a lot of producers and we really kind of said that there is um, big change happening in the coffee world, especially what's going on with Africa right now. I mean, you know, we can't be a great coffee company right now and not have coffee from, you know, probably the most established coffee market in the world, which is Colombia, which is a quite mature market right now. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole other massive shift that's happening um, in African coffees right now, which is that, you know, when you think about it, countries like Rwanda 
when Colombia was still fine tuning and, you know, if you use a car analogy, you know, they were putting the third layer of wax uh, on their car uh, in the 90s. You know, Africa was really a, a barn find type situation where, you know, many of those countries were ravaged by civil war, economic devastation through the 90s. And a lot of countries in Africa, again, we mentioned Rwanda a lot. But, uh, you know, other ones such as Tanzania, even Congo is a great example as well. These countries are really sort of coming online mm-hmm. in terms of, of, qual- of coffee production. I mean, of course, they've been producing it for a long time. But what's happening is that they're now getting the financial resources and the funding that they need to start developing great coffees. And that was a lot of times the difference between really lousy coffees that could be bought for cheap and great coffees that were bought from Colombia is that, you know, the farmers were more educated. The farmers had more resources in places like Colombia or Costa Rica. And the the farmers in Africa uh, just lacked those resources. But really, they have a lot of the perfect conditions for building, uh, for producing great coffees. And so, you know, we're really excited to be a part of that. We work really hard to find farmers that kind of share our ethos. You know, we started from nothing this thing was started from one sale online and I think we had to wait <laughs> another month before we got our next one. Right. But, uh, you know, we find farmers that are kind of the same where they've got a great farm, they put a lot of work into it and they just need a little bit of help. And it's funny, like, you know, in Africa and countries like Rwanda, especially like $10,000 can be an enormous boost to, to take the qu- coffee quality to the next level because, Pretty much what they need is just new processing equipment and stuff once it's harvested sure. and a little bit of education and tools for working the soil and helping with some of the, the, the plant genetics. But, you know, so we're really excited to be a part of that. And, and that kind of development, again, Rwanda is the big example that I keep mentioning. But there's a lot of other farmers in different countries, too, that kind of are face a similar scenario where now that information, even among the world's kind of poorer populations, you know, everybody has a cell phone these days. Everyone's getting access to the Internet. So more and more people are getting the information resources they need. And, and ultimately, that's what really yields a, a higher quality coffee. A lot of these places, again, they're, the soil is there. The climates are there. The passion is there with the farmers. It's just a matter of getting information and resources. Fascinating. Well, that is very cool. A whole other side to this talk that is quite interesting and fascinating. I think we could talk about that for hours, but we're going to move forward. First, we're going to take another short break, thank our sponsors, and we're going to come back, talk about a big challenge or maybe even a failure you faced along the way and walk us through that. So sit tight, everybody. Take another sip of your coffee and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code CARS. Yeah, that's right. 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right. 
$10 off. Why BSH? Well, that's the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars yeah! website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, Alex, we're back, and I want you to take us down a road, a journey here that was a big challenge for you, maybe even a failure. And this is all about a learning lesson and taking that lesson forward in a positive way. So take us on a little trip. Sure. I mean, I think we could host a three-hour podcast <laughs> on on failures. I think probably maybe the most relevant just to talk about with this um, with this podcast is that uh, I think there were a lot of failures and a lot of struggles in just getting drive to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And that's re- ultimately, the, you know, the challenges are that, you know, you can go from, you know, really comfortable corporate-like position where, you know, you have your role in the organization and you do that role every day. And, I think one of the biggest things about going and starting something is that you are now the person for everything, especially in the early days. And so, you know, with Drive, I, I joke with our employees now that I've done every job in the company. And I think that's actually a mindset that we're learning is really valuable for the culture that we're trying to build right now is to have almost everybody in our company doing every job before they go and start to specialize. Mm -hmm. And again, those challenges are real, you know, everything from, you know, helping with logistics. Sometimes we have things going on and, you know, I had to be the one to to drive a thousand miles to get something to where it needed to be to being the one to, in the early days of fulfilling orders. And uh, a lot of that stuff, you know, it's not glamorous and it's really hard. And of course, all throughout those experiences, there's all kinds of micro challenges that, that come into place, whether things, if things aren't arriving on time or a customer that's had a bad experience or, you know, even things like trucks breaking down when you're trying to take things and be somewhere at a certain time. And so I think that's just, it's more of like, I guess, a, a look back on, on challenges in general. But, you know, I've heard this said recently where, and it's so true is that, you have to have a mindset to embrace those challenges 
and failures as part of the process. And you hear it so many times, our society, I think it really doesn't raise kids today to think about things that way. And, mm-hmm. and I think even to a certain degree, the education system that I went through didn't prepare us to think that way. I mean, you're punished you know, severely at school with longer term consequences every time you, you fail or you don't do well on right, something. Right. And the reality is, is that it's really true. You learn a lot more from your failures than you do from your successes. And um, again, like you kind of have to reprogram your brain, especially if you're in the entrepreneurial space. But I, I would argue really anywhere in life that, you know, every challenge that comes your way you just have to embrace it. Like we are programmed to expect that there will not be challenges, that there will not be failures. And the reality is like, if you're trying something and failing, you know, you actually are succeeding because that's part of the process. You got to work your way through the things that don't work before you can find the things that will. Very well said. Yeah. There's a whole nother podcast could be talking about the education system and how it's, I think in many ways failed a lot of generations, but we won't go down that path today. We're going to stick on the positive path of driving coffee, but I appreciate you sharing that experience. Oh my gosh, you brought back a lot of memories from my past too. Been there, done that, done everything. How about a story that instigated, you must have a personal passion for cars in some way to have started a brand like this. Tell us a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy. So I, uh, I think my own dad was, uh, a car guy for a while, but uh, as much as I respect my dad, I think he's one of those guys that, that let that passion die a little bit, kind of thought that that's just what you do as you get older. And so, you know, my dad, I'd sort of grown up with, uh, he went to the Air Force Academy and uh, given that his school was paid for, you know, he'd worked a lot of jobs and his first car was actually a Stingray Corvette. Oh, cool. And I remember hearing stories growing up about him, the Air Force Academy in Colorado with that brand new Stingray Corvette. And at the time, those cars too, if you were in the military, they offered a military buyer program. And so I think he bought his first Stingray, I want to say for like 3000 bucks. And uh, they're, I think they're a little bit more attainable back then. But I grew up hearing those stories. But the one, I think the earliest moment where I think the passion got a little bit crazy as it does in all of us was we'd actually just moved to Jordan and my mom picked me up from school one day. She's in 1994. And she told me and she said, Oh, you wouldn't believe what I saw today. Alex. I saw this woman waiting on the street and she's dressed really nicely and whatnot. I was like, what's this woman waiting on? She says, suddenly I saw this red car pull up and it was the craziest looking car and the door went up <laughs> and then like this woman got in the car and just drove off and um i think that as a you know as like a nine or a ten year old kid at the time i was like i guess the idea of like driving a car with the where the doors went up it was just like the coolest thing ever i don't know that i cared too much about the girl at the time <laughs> but <laughs> sounds like a lamborghini maybe was uh cruising I, well, immediately i knew i mean it had to be i think i found out later there was a lamborghini countach yep. um, which is still one of my like, favorites to this sounds day like to me and uh i uh i think at that moment you know as a kid and, and i talk about this a lot is like how much it's changed from when you know, we grew up as kids obsessed with cars 
back in the 90s versus now. Like cars were way more mysterious back then. So you'd hear a story about this car that just like made an appearance somewhere again. And it was like a phantom car, right? Like you wouldn't see it again for a year. And then one of your friends would say, oh, no, I saw it on this road. So I became obsessed with like trying to find that car. So I'd look at every car as we drove by and I'd see him around and, you know, what type of car is that or that's so-and-so and just kind of built on itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, so today it's funny, like, you know, a lot of the collectors and owners are on Instagram. So, you know, where they live, they're going to, you know, when they're going to show up at the cars and coffee, they post pictures for you. You got a million different YouTubers showing you the ins and outs of the car. Back then they were an enigma. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that was a really good way to grow up. Actually, It (laughs) made it all a little bit more special. And all we had was that issue of Motor Trend or Road and Track to kind of with like the five pictures of that car that could even be seen that really got our minds racing and imagination going. And that's really where my passion for cars kind of came from. The mystery woman and the red car with the raising doors. (laughs) The door that went up. (laughs) (laughs) How about the first special car in your world? First special car you got, you finally got that car and went, man, here it is. What was it? So I worked part-time when I was in high school. Um, after school, I go work and um, did a number of different odd jobs and finally saved up enough money. And uh, I think right around when I was like maybe 15 is when like online configurators first came out. Or maybe it was just like options with you, but you, I think you could build a car and I'd become obsessed with the new Camaros this is probably back in like 1998. So my first car that I purchased, I believe in 2003, was a 1998 LS1 Camaro with the T-tops and the six-speed transmission. And it's uh, funny, I think the car has gotten a bit of a reputation over time. Back then, if you're in high school, I mean, having a a big Corvette-engined muscle car with a six-speed transmission and T-tops. Oh, yeah was an, an awesome first car. And I, and I tell people too, I think it made me a better driver because a lot of people are used to never driving anything that has a lot of power. And so with my very first car having a lot of power, it really taught me how to just kind of respect the car mm-hmm. and take your time with things and learn how to do things properly. And I learned quickly how to get pretty good at, at shifting and all these kinds of other aspects of, of cool. you know, driving at <laughs> speed. And yeah, I love that car. I was a bit of a loner in high school, so it's just kind of me in the car, but I was happy as could be. You know, I, I can't tell you how many coats of wax that car had on it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, sounds probably, like it. Yeah. Probably washed every other day. But, uh, all that. Um, I did a lot of road trips on that car. When I left home, I packed up that car and drove it to California and um, in some ways, I regret selling that car. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself manifest as a vehicle, what are you, Alex? <laughs> I'd say it's probably, I, I'm probably my daily, uh-huh. um, which is uh, a Range Rover Sport supercharged because I think that you know, traveling to a lot of countries and growing up in a, in a lot of different countries makes you a person that's very adaptable and comfortable in any situation. And I think, you know, a Range Rover sport, Range Rovers have always been cool because, you know, you could show up at the 
the opera in New York City in one, or, you know, you could have it covered in mud with a muddy trunk and a bunch of logs or other farm equipment in the back. And it's at home in both places. And then it's also got a ton of power. So you turn it into sport mode and that thing will keep up with most muscle cars on a twisty road. So I, I like to think of myself as that way, which is that I think I'm comfortable in every situation. Um, there's few that I really don't want to be in. And uh, I think that I'm pretty good at adapting to uh, to be happy and to be successful in kind of whatever situation I'm put into. Very well thought through. Nice answer. All right, we're up to what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and get some very quick answers from you, a quick blip of that Range Rover throttle. So here we go. What's one of your special or personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I think uh, really finding a way, I'd say like more on a weekly basis. Sometimes it's not really possible daily, but finding a way to uh, turn off and do something that kind of gets your heart rate back down to a nice easy level (laughs) and your brain sort of cooled off. And I just, I can't emphasize enough how important I think it is to, especially if you're living a fairly high stress life, find that outlet where you can kind of return to zero and then be ready for sort of the next week. So yeah, taking care of yourself and finding time to turn off is important. Great advice. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry living or deceased, who would that person be? Uh, in the automotive industry, I think it'd probably have to be Jim Clark. Ah, I would love Jimmy. to uh, sit down and have a drink with him. Yeah, absolutely. Credible driver. Uh, you think of the potential loss with that accident. And I used to race a Lotus 18 Formula Junior. And one of the first, well, I think the first open wheel car he ever raced was a Formula Junior, an 18. And so every time I got in that car, I tried to channel my inner Jimmy. Uh, I always kind of thought of him as I put my gloves on and, uh, you know, loved loved learning about his history and so forth. So yeah, the great Jim Clark. How about the best automotive advice you've ever received from someone else? What was it? Best automotive advice I ever got was probably from Jay Leno. And I think he's given this advice to a lot of people which is that he really just says, I don't buy cars to invest in them. I buy cars based on what makes me happy and what makes me feel something. And he said, chances are, if it makes you happy and makes you feel something, it's going to do the same for other people. And it kind of works out being a good buy. But yep. um, I'm, I'm really opposed to kind of buying cars for investments. So I think Jay's got a great approach. And, you know, he tries to as much as possible drive stuff he has as much as possible, which is, which I really respect. Great quote by him. I heard once I buy cars that are hundred point cars, drive them down to 50 and restore them back to a hundred and then drive them again. (laughs) Obviously he's got the resources for that, but I think that, well, I know that advice is really wise. I do a second podcast with the publisher of sports car market, Keith Martin, and it's titled buy, sell, hold. It comes out every Tuesday. You can find it here on cars. Yeah. Or on any mobile device or on the sports car market magazine website. And that's the one thing we've learned from interviewing people that have businesses in the car world, people that buy and sell high-end cars, people that auction them off, and big-time collectors. And that's the one thing all of them continue to say. You should not, unless you're in the business and you know what you're doing, don't buy a car because you think it's going to be worth more. Buy it because you love it and you'll use it and you'll enjoy it because you know what? When things turn, and boy, they have with this pandemic— 
you're going to be stuck with that thing. So you might as well be stuck with something you really like. So it's great, great advice you shared there with us. How about a resource? Is there a great resource as a go-to for you on a regular basis that you think the Cars Yow listeners would enjoy? I don't know about a regular basis, but I think probably one of the best books I've read in a long time is uh, I just finished reading Skunk Works. You know, part of Drive is that I do an absolutely absurd amount of flying. Um, so I have a lot of time up in the air, and I'm a big proponent of turning off when you're in the sky. Um, I try not to ever work on airplanes. I heard once that was an old Goldman Sachs rule to <laughs> never work on an airplane. But either way, no, I just finished reading um, Skunk Works by Ben Rich, and just an incredible book. I mean, even if you're not into aviation or even cars for that matter, the inside story of Skunk Works, and I think it's a the classic American story about American innovation and uh, Americans at work. Plenty of info about the frustrations of working with the U.S. government, but I think it really talks about how some of the greatest scientific and aviation achievements ever um, really came from a pretty small group of people that had a leader who was definitely in charge, but gave the team a tremendous amount of flexibility. Um, they had very little bureaucracy and oversight, and that really allowed a small team to innovate quickly and do incredible things. And so not only are there just some of the coolest stories that you'll ever hear within that book, there's great lessons on life and management and business in there as well. So I can't recommend that book enough. It's an easy read. You'll just blow right through it. Yeah, it's great fun. Basically, goes a, a memoir of Ben Rich's years at Lockheed and the manufacturing of stealth aircraft. And yeah, it's a it's a fascinating read. And uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't know how they get anything done in those those companies uh, working with the government and all the rules and regulations and things. So great resource. I'll remind our listeners there's a great place on the Cars Out website called Guest Recommended Books under the Resource tab, where this book, Skunk Works by Ben Rich, uh, is listed. And there's, gosh, over 1,600 books I've got there from inspiring automotive enthusiasts that I've had here on Cars Out that you can go and enjoy it and made it really easy for you to get your hands on those uh, with a quick click to buy. All right, Alex, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a cool collector car today. Anything you'd like, doesn't matter how much it costs or who owns it, I'm going to drive it over there to Denver and park it in your garage. But there are some rules to this game that might make it a little bit of a challenge. It's the only collector car you can have. You have to drive it. I don't allow garage queens around here at Cars, yeah. And you can't sell it to fund another uh, coffee-making equipment in your factory or your business. So this is a keeper. It's got to tick all the boxes. What can I buy you? This is a really easy question. It's got to be a McLaren F1 GTR. (laughs) In papaya orange, of course, which is technically the, the the only color that they made it in. Just like Ralph's car, huh? That's that's the one right there. So yeah. I think that's to me the the greatest car ever made. And uh I think that even if I never even drove it, I'd never get tired of looking at it every day. No, you wouldn't. And um I think it's got I it's actually it really I think represents like the skunk works of cars. Um actually another amazing book is the Gordon Murray book on the McLaren F one. Very similar to Skunk Works in that Gordon Murray had a really small team building that car with very little oversight, very little rules. And as a result, very small, efficient team, in many cases, doing experiments in their own backyard, created arguably the greatest car ever built. And so 
Yeah, McLaren F1 GTR all day. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something fun about that car. I Back in the day, I was importing Facome tools from France, and we were selling them. And they were a sponsor of McLaren Racing. And also, those original McLaren F1 cars, they came with a Facome toolkit. There was actually a little compartment in the side of the car outside that you opened up, and there's that this custom set of tools. So I got to visit the factory when they first were building those things, plus the McLaren F1 factory, which was insane over the top. And that's, I already had heard about the cars and thought they were pretty special, but to be able to go there and see what went into them, my passion for those things is so high because they were akin to the Formula One builds. I mean, just the way they approached everything. So I would be happy to grab that car from you. I'm going to have to call my friend Ralph Loren. Is that his last name? Yeah, I think so. Uh, He has those little polo pony shirts that I used to wear all the time. And uh, see if I can't get him to release that car for me. That's going to cost me a bloody fortune, though. Holy cow, Alex. You're, You're no cheap date, that's for sure. What a nice choice. Well, you've taken me on a great ride today. You've taken all of us on a great ride. This has been great to listen to your stories and learn more about Drive Coffee. Would you share one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in your very own McLaren F1 GTR? (laughs) I think there's been a lot of advice, but uh, I think I'll just go back to where we started, which is that whatever you're doing, really focus on attracting believers rather than converting skeptics your life will become a lot easier and I think you'll probably go a lot further. And it's great too, because you end up in a space where you're surrounded by people that believe in what you're doing and embrace your cause and your mindset. And uh, that's a great way to live. Absolutely. What's the best way for my listeners to learn more about Drive Coffee? Yeah, I'd recommend that the best place to find us right now is on Instagram. Um, We take that really seriously as a place to kind of tell our story and who we are and what we care about. So, uh, our, our Instagram at Drive Coffee is a great place to kind of get a feel for who we are. And then, of course, our website, drivecoffee.com. You use the discount Cars Yeah for 20% off your order. So if you're on the fence or you hadn't heard about us before or you want to try us, get you 20% off your first order. And uh, yeah, I think those are probably the two best places to find us. Well, there you go. Thank you very much. Listeners, you can get a deal to take your first test drive with Drive Coffee with the code CARSYEAH, 20% off. What a score. Thank you, Alex, for doing that. I'm going to be pushing that out there to all my listeners, see if we can drive some people to drive coffee. I would encourage you to give this a test drive. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'll tell you what, when you get it, you're going to get a big smile on your face. Just the packaging, the concepts, everything about it is very cool. Alex, Thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much. Take care. You're welcome. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners. I've got something fun for you. I'm doing some videos with Covercraft. They've been a longtime sponsor, Cars Yeah here. They're called Tips and Tricks with Mark Green. If you go to YouTube... Type in Covercraft. You'll see a bunch of videos there. They're little short vignettes of tips and tricks, car care things, and some Covercraft products. Check it out. Go there and subscribe. You'll see them pop up every week, and you have a little bit of fun. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!